This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everyone? Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, music producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. That's right. Bo, bo, bo. Give it up. Give it up for me. Oh, thank you guys for giving it up for me. I really appreciate it. Yes, yes. Take a bow. Um, yo, you guys, honestly, the show would be nothing without you. So we're, we're doing this together. This is a team show, okay? And without you guys, this would be nothing. The Beat Sorcerers, you give me power. You give me fuel. Thank you for being on this journey with me and doing this show. So um, I appreciate you guys listening. The other people I appreciate is the wonderful team at BeatSource, because this podcast brought to you by BeatSource. So head over to BeatSource link, head over to BeatSource.com and check out BeatSource link. That is giving you the ability to DJ from the cloud. You'll find amazing expertly curated playlists on there for all of your needs, um, custom edits that no other record pool have. And you'll get a free trial if you go on there, BeatSource.com and try out BeatSource link. Let me know what you think. I love it. You're going to love it. And it's the reason why we're here today, guys. So give thanks. Um, Also, give thanks to yourselves. Thank you guys for sending me these cool messages through my Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Thanks for coming out to my shows. Thanks for the support. You're amazing. Um, And what's up with you? Are you feeling okay? Are you doing all right? Yes? Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. I think I heard you say yes. I don't know. Um, All right, you guys. Let's get into it. Okay, I'll do the ultimate podcast uh, segue, and it's without further ado, let's get into our guest, okay? On today's show, we've got someone who has accomplished a lot, and it really shows that you can manifest things, and I know that sounds cliche, but you're going to learn on this episode and a few past episodes, but that you really can manifest things. And a key to that is to be true to who you are, really be genuine, really be introspective and tap into what you know is right and what you know should be happening in your gut feelings. And anything is possible. This guest that we have today is from Baltimore, Maryland. He moved around a lot. He named a lot of the places he lived, but Baltimore is his home base and where his family is. He went to Morehouse College. And then he was on track to have a career in Wall Street. He was working on there. He was trying to make it happen and realized it wasn't for him. Um, Things changed. He got out of that game. And eventually his journey led him to touring the world as a DJ, which were his dreams, throwing his own successful parties in Los Angeles and beyond, and essentially making his dreams come true, everything he had ever thought of and and never thought of. Uh, From being on the TV show Master of the Mix to playing at Coachella. He's made it happen. And he's done events for the Obamas multiple times. This weekend, uh, he will have already done it when you hear this, but this weekend he's heading to Atlanta to play Revolt TV's 10th anniversary party. He's playing at the party called The Block and Everyday People. Shout to DJ MoMA. Um, It's going to be incredible. And he's just really making it all happen. He's being true to himself, and it's it's really dope to hear. Um, He's also a big, big advocate for mental health. And he has his event, What in the Wellness, which is incredible and you should really check out. We, we expand more on that in this episode. He also has his Beats to Beat Breast Cancer Initiative, um, which was dedicated to his mother and has helped uh, help breast cancer um, in a major way. Uh, we discuss all of this, including DJing. We discuss 
everything from spirituality to Serato stems to comparing DJing to giving a full body massage. Yes, you heard that right. And the only way you'll understand is from listening and hearing his explanation. Um, so please welcome to the show, Brian Henry. We're here. It's the 20 podcast. We have got Brian Henry in the house, aka DJ B Hen, but uh, no more of that, right? That's a we, uh, we put B Hen to okay, to okay, because we still got the B Hen block party. Right? Yes, that's the only time we use B Hen. Okay, but Brian Henry <laughs> is is the man in the studio. So thank you for being here. Give it up, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm glad I caught you in between, like you said, running. Like you were, you're coming and you're going, right? Absolutely. Uh, Like my my auntie tells me, she said you burn the candle at both ends. (laughs) Like that's, I think that's the most appropriate thing to tell DJs. It is. It is. DJs that are really trying to make things happen and and trying to hit all the angles are really burning the candle at both ends. I mean, for sure. Me, we were just talking about it. I was telling you about taking a nap at 9:30 in the morning. Uh, (laughs) Dad life. Yeah, we have long mornings. So, you know, you try to fit it all in. Yeah, dad life. Um, so, yeah, thanks for being here. And, um, you know, I guess uh, before we get into everything, I like to just kind of let you speak on yourself. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Wow, what is there to say? <laughs> There's a lot to say because I, like, I know a lot about you. So I, like, I, I could do it for you, but, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like making booty shake on the dance floor. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. There's a good starting point. No, but... Um, <laughs> You know, Brian Henry, yeah, formerly known as DJ B. Hen. Uh, I've been here in Los Angeles now for 15 years. That wow. That is crazy. Amazing. And a, a, a professional party rocker, jet setter, 13 yep. of those years, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, think that, oh, you can't L.A. be a DJ. No, I, I found DJing after coming to L.A. I never DJed in college, never DJed in high school. Always wanted to, but my dad military man that he was is like yeah no son of mine is going to be a dj <laughs> oh man that's um, tough to hear tell me about it my my poor little dreams were broken <laughs> oh, you know how old were you when he said that he i was like 12 or 13 okay so uh i'm originally my, all of my origins from baltimore maryland you know okay. all of my families in in baltimore except my brother and i we both live here and um my dad just realized early on you know just a lot of Hardships going on in, in Baltimore, you know, yeah. approaching the crack epidemic. And he's just like, I can't. This is not an environment for me and now my one-year-old big big head son, you know. And so <laughs> yes. uh, he and my mom married and he got into the military and I became a military brat, you know. So wow. I'm literally living around the world, Germany, Hawaii, Colorado, oh, Oklahoma, wow. Texas, you know. And it, and I and I'm grateful for those experiences because I think it really informed or it was those initial stages of me being able to appreciate music from different cultures, yeah. different backgrounds, yeah. um, uh, you know. And I think that spills into who I am today and why I love just like just making sure that everyone feels that they're loved on the dance floor, no matter what your background is. You know, yeah. um, a proud historically black college graduate from Morehouse College in Atlanta, amazing. Uh, where I was an economics major. You know, okay. I. Went on to work on Wall Street. You know? Wow. <laughs> and that's so interesting. And hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's understandable, I think, you especially know? coming from someone of your mindset, you know, and who you are. Probably it was probably forming inside. You probably For already sure. tried to let it come out, but you, sure. it was being stifled down by maybe people around you. Right. Absolutely. You know, man, even when, and when I was leaving that experience and they're like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just going to I'm going to find an opportunity in entertainment. And uh, I wow. still went a roundabout way, and I didn't go straight into it, but I 
went to work with Verizon. It was okay. rebranding itself as a broadband and entertainment company at the time. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to get on this this team that sponsors concerts from yeah. Jonas Brothers and Taylor Swift and the NASCAR and Lakers. And I eventually made my way to that team. But, you know, I, I learned very early on that I don't love music for its ability to sell a product or service. I love right. Music That's for the, the corporate f- side of things. or For sure. One side of the corporate side, I for guess. For sure. But I love music for the feeling. I love, uh, like, just seeing someone who's the wallflower blossom when they hear a song or blend or mix in a way that yeah. they had never experienced before, like that brings me the ultimate joy. Right. And so, um, jumped into DJing and uh, yeah, this has been a blessed journey for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what a, what a dope brief story. We'll, we'll expand on a lot of it, but, um, I think, and I think that's the true essence of somebody who loves music and loves DJing is what you said. You wanted to share this feeling of hearing these songs with everyone else, you know, and get them to dance. And I think, you know, you hear different, I was listening to a podcast yesterday from another DJ that got into things and it was kind of this thing that had been going around, um, about someone that who became more famous when they were older as a DJ and, and listening to the person talk, there were some really cool, interesting points. And there was also points where, I don't know. I guess you hear what they're getting into it for more of just the fame and the business side of things. And also I'm sure they love it, but I do feel like the true essence of a DJ is what you said is just to share the music, share the feeling and just tap into that connection of music that connects all of us all over the world, no matter where you are, you know? And I think that seems like what you've tapped into and what you've evolved through, you know, cause I even remember seeing you on master of the mix, uh-huh. you know, and you were a different <laughs> person in a way, you know, yeah. on there, I think. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I'm so grateful for that experience now. Yeah. At the time it was tragic. <laughs> uh, I mean, I understand why you would say that. Uh-huh. I don't think from an, <clears throat> from an outside perspective, <clears throat> excuse me, what you, it was, it was tragic. Like, Everybody, I think everyone's judgmental, obviously, sure. on TV. And just Inclu- people that are not. Including the other DJs in the community. 100%. To say the so least. that's you the ultimate, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that you were finding yourself and being yourself at the same time within sure. that. And you hadn't been DJing very long, right? Oh, no, at that point, I had been DJing maybe like a year and a half. Right. And so, you know. There's just a, a level of nervousness that you come to the table with. Yeah. You're still very you're on TV young in your DJ on a career. competition, and then you're in a, <laughs> on a television show, nationally broadcasting on VH1. Can't and even imagine. It's funny what one of the things that people don't realize about that uh, show is that the same people who would interview castmates on reality shows like Basketball Wives, right. and Loving Hip Hop. Those are the same folks who are producing the show in the they back end. They stir of up the drama. Yeah, right? on Master the Mix, so they like stirring up drama and right. actually certain questions and. Thing, right. throwing things on to you before you get on stage and then you're like, like passive aggressive little comments yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry about what he said you're like wait what'd he say for sure you know so I, I oh nothing nothing so there's just a level of nerves and just being young and fresh in my dj career and excited right. and just overcompensating i just had all this energy and didn't yeah. know exactly what to do with it you know yeah and i think one of the the most the, it's so funny for some reason this has been a narrative or just a, something that's come up in so many different junctures of my career. When I was, when I was leaving wall street opportunity, they're like, Oh, he thinks he's puff daddy or something, you know, <laughs> and fast forward kick free on the show. He says, you don't know if you want to dance or if you want to DJ, this guy, I think he's the ditty of DJing. And <laughs> you're like, know, why does this keep popping up? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it, at the time, you know, 
it 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 drove my self esteem into a bit of the pits. It makes yes. you question yourself, like, do I have it? Do I really have it? Yeah. Am, am I this this gimmick? You know, again, yeah, I'm not being I'm, accepted by the people that I'm supposed to be accepted by. They're not seeing me this the, way. These are the folks that I admire tremendously. Yes. You know? But in, in context, it's a reality show, you know, but not yeah. only that, I'm only 18 years into uh, 18, I'm sorry, 18 months into my career. But it's just so interesting about when you follow innately what's within you. Yeah. Like, I love dancing. I've been dancing since I was like five years old. Right. And me being able to mix, you know, whether it be rehearsed choreography or just the energy that I bring onto the turntables into my sets. I've, I've, I've actually found my own lane in doing yeah. so, you know, just being able to bring a lot of high energy. That's just how I perform yep. and just a full circle moment. You know, this weekend I'm one of the headlining DJs for Diddy's inaugural uh, revolt world conference in Atlanta. Incredible. So it's just, to me, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a testament to staying true to who you are. Yes. You know, there's so many different ways in which we as artists and as DJs, uh, create and then subsequently perform and whatever is your unique way of doing it, you know, stick yeah. to it. I mean, I, that's what I love about doing this podcast that like we're, you know, hundred something episodes in and everybody's different. Everybody and everyone goes, Oh, what's a DJ? It just sounds like a standard thing or they, and like you said, we're all trying to be accepted by each other, but what everybody I see on here is so unique and so special and brings something so different to the table sure. that it's, you know, everyone should realize that, you know, and, and it's, you have to find that. And I think we just, I had Rashida on a couple of weeks ago and she, <laughs> she's amazing. And, yeah. and everything she said was amazing. And she had those, those points, you know, of if I would have not played listened to myself, and yeah, played her all underground that. tracks, exactly a little, a little story of Rashida. Like I used to, I think I was a bit of a creep <laughs> unintentionally, but I was the way she performs is so mesmerizing. Yeah. So she's had this residency on Sunday nights at bar Mama, and I would literally just show up and sit on the edge of the bar. Like, man, she's so cool. <laughs> she's so cool. And she's she was so just, cool. She, was, she like the first time I ever heard anyone play a track from Sango. Yeah. Which was from Rashida, wow. you know what I mean? Like, and then I dug into his catalog and then that introduced me to Baye Funk down in Brazil, you know? Yeah. Like, I just love the way she's she's always performed and she's such a, an incredibly sweet person, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, she does it for the right reasons and same as what I mentioned before. She, you know, she's cut from that cloth of just sharing music and loving music and DJing and all genres and, you know, yeah. um, and the spirituality, you know, within all of it. And I think finding herself in... I heard you talk about being introspective before and sure. that leading you into where you are. So, um, I mean, I guess let's go back, you know, in time a little bit, cause it's interesting what you said. Like most people on this podcast do say like, Oh man, I was 12 and I got turntables or I was DJing all the college parties or, you know, something like that. Like uh -huh. it's somewhat rare to hear. I made it through college. I went to wall street, all that. I quit. I somehow, you know, went into the music business and the corporate side, realized that side wasn't for me and then tried to find DJing um, and then ended up on a game show. But right before the game show thing or, or TV show, not, you know, we're, same, competition same, show. Same difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, so what was, where was that in between zone? Like, sure. like that you, cause I know you went to scratch Academy. Absolutely. So how, did, how did you get from the, I guess, leaving the corporate side of things and the, you know, the things around Jonas brothers and all that to the, um, getting to scratch Academy or even realizing that. Sure. It definitely was a spiritual journey as well. You yeah. know, um, 
one thing I love about Los Angeles, there's so many people who are in their pocket as creatives. And me coming from yeah. this background where it was about education and your pedigree and, you know, who knows you and all, all, all these things that are valuable in one area of life. But it, it felt it, it didn't feel like it had the same resonance yeah. uh, here in Los Angeles because I was doing these things, but I was miserable. Right. You know? uh, I was at a party. Circling back, Rashida uh, and DJ EQ and Monica Payne uh, and Shelly Oto, the Honey Collective. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> I know I meant to go into that on her episode more, but oh, I didn't get to it. But were such those are all legends, too. Legends, EQ, yeah, such, all amazing such women. beautiful women. Yeah. And it was so unique to have these four women uh, hosting an event that would attract massive crowds throughout the city you know what yeah. I mean? that's actually the first time i saw prince because prince just came as a guest to you know prince would be the mc light uh right queen latifah etc and, and i was just going to those events like man i really i really want to do this that desire for um for music was just still within me yeah and i met a guy at a party and he's like you're going through something and i'm like you don't know me you know <laughs> it's kind of like brush it off and right. nice to meet you kevin wow Moore. A month later, at the same Honey Collective party, top of the uh, top of the roof on stand at the Standard Hotel, yeah. he's like, "You're going through something." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going through something." And he took wow. me as an opportunity to say, "Give me a call tomorrow." And he sent me a a YouTube clip. He said, "Take a look at this clip, and then give me a call back." And that YouTube clip was Tina Turner talking about Buddhism on Larry King Live. Wow. Okay. And I called him back immediately, like. I've been wanting to learn about this my whole life. Ever since I've seen what's love got to do with it, like I don't know what this is, but I realized that that spiritual practice that she had engaged with was, was strong enough for her to move beyond the circumstances that were adversely affecting her in her life. You yeah. Know? Uh, the narrative is so much as like, well, why would she allow herself to be abused in, by Ike Turner and his relationship? When in reality, she didn't see herself in her fullest value. And yeah. through practicing Buddhism, chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, she was able to, you know, clear herself of the things that just wasn't working in her favor. You know, yeah. um, I went to a meeting and next you know, I started practicing Buddhism, you know, yeah, and wow. it more or less helped me see myself clearly. I saw that I was in this job that paid well, but I was miserable, you know, mm-hmm. and then not only that, but like I'm, I'm doing this out of fear. So what would happen if I chose to value myself, see myself clearly and take steps that would allow me to do things out of love for self, you know? Yeah. And that was always music. And I just right. so happened to be chanting at the Buddha center, uh, on, on Fairfax in Venice and soup. Cause I'm just going through it. I'm just all just, just going through all the motions of just not being in the best state. Yeah. And I'm up and this is how you know, because I'm up at like seven 30 in the morning, like just chanting. Wow. And the person who happened to be leading the, uh, the chant session in that particular moment was Herbie Hancock. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh my God, it's Herbie Hancock. I gotta get up. So, yeah. So just him being just his humble self, I went up and spoke with him. The question I asked, just like, how did you and that and your era coming up choose this like esoteric path of music as a career? Mm-hmm. He gave me a story about, you know, how he's almost failing out of all his classes because he was so focused on music. And at that moment, he had to get A's on his final exams just to, to pass his classes. He said, I committed myself from then forward to like. I'm going to do this and I'm going to give it my all. And he said, young man, if you are serious, every musician from Quincy Jones to Beyonce, they take lessons. If you're serious and you think you want to do this DJ life, then you need to take lessons. That day I signed up for Scratch Academy. 
That's incredible. I feel like I'm watching a movie. I'm like, I have it in my head right now. <laughs> watching your documentary. I'm getting goosebumps. Uh, that, that, no, that's amazing. That's totally. so cool. Wow. Totally. And um, Crazy. I had only known one person who had went to Scratch Academy, DJ Rell, and I saw him oh, yeah. just spinning at the room with Tendaji and, you know, KG Superstar. And I was like, he's good. You know what I mean? So yeah. I went to Scratch Academy. So and cool. I took one six-week course with okay. Chalk and oh, Hopper. Oh, wow. Mr. Chalk and Hopper. Mr. Chalk and Hopper, you know. <laughs> uh, and came back and enrolled for the next six-week course. And I told them that I had uh, I put my two weeks in. I quit my job. And they were like, what? <laughs> I said, no, you don't understand. I'm going to be a celebrity DJ. They like, what? They literally pulled me outside of the class, stopped class. They're like, no, you don't understand. This is like, this is like. This is hard stuff. You can't right. just like, you You need to go and like rescind that. I said, oh no, the two weeks are already passed. We're, <laughs> we're, we're done. This is like, I'm in it. And they were like, what did he just do? Like, what did you, what? You didn't consult with anybody? You didn't talk to anybody? But I had such faith in myself at that particular junction. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I know? love it. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So cool to hear. So then from there, like, how did you go about getting your first gigs and stuff then? Like you kind of got, you know, obviously got the knowledge, started Mm -hmm. practicing, had Mm -hmm. the faith, had the vision. Mm -hmm. Where did it go from there? Just, you know, the, your network, like they say it all the time, but it is your worth, you know, for sure. It was just starting off doing like backyard barbecues, quinceañeras, you know, whomever would be willing to hire me. And I would leverage one opportunity for the next, you know, whether it be having business cards on the table or asking anyone else that they had other opportunities. What really got me rolling was my collegiate network in terms of all my buddies were getting married. You know, oh, yeah. all my my boys from Morehouse, my homegirls from Spelman, they were getting married okay. or their parents are like, oh, my, my mom's having her. 55th, 60th birthday. Uh, can you fly to Cleveland? Right. Sure. I can fly to Cleveland. And then, but now I would hit up the local promoter like, Hey, I'm in town. Yes. Can I do the opening set for free? You yeah. know, just to get my feet wet in whatever environment that I was, I was in. So I would leverage the flight that they were giving me to come play for right. the family event to go do something in market. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. And then, um, so then from there, you DJed for a while, you were doing those things, and then what, you saw the opportunity of Master of the Mix, or was that... I think, I, yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> I mean, or am I skipping some things? <laughs> no, no, because it was still early around that time. Yeah. The craziest thing, we had a vision board party. Okay. Top of the year. Who's that, you and your friends? Me and my friends. Okay. And I it Sounds like you have an amazing friend group, is all I gotta say. They, like, they are incredible. It's been since the beginning <laughs> till now, I feel like, you know, even just watching your Instagram, I'm like, he's working out with, like, all these amazing people. Everyone's so supportive and nice, like... They are, truly, you know. You know it I'm, sounds like you, you, you're good at surrounding yourself with the right people, I guess. And I, and I think, you know, as begrudgingly as I was in, as a kid, like, when we had to move all the time, yeah. the skills that I learned are very early on is that, you know... We all desire of respect and love. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you come into environments so and you give that. Yeah. It became really easy to make friends. That's cool. You that know? I mean, that shows kind of probably a positive thing that came out of something that maybe felt negative to you as a kid moving sure. around. Yeah, because by but the a time skill I, that you've learned. Yeah, by the time I enrolled in college, it was my fifteenth school attending from wow. pre K all the way to college. That's, like, a, that's, that's how, insane. That's how often we moved right. you know, growing up. Um but that being said, like, yeah, like um, Oh, so you had a vision board party vision with your friends. Party yeah. With my friends, I said, if anybody sees anything from Master of the Mix, let me know. 
I want to put this on my vision board. Because that show had been out already. Yeah, it was already two seasons in, and I don't know. I was just like. Were you on the one versus JCO, or yeah, was he a JC, judge? JC, you know, JCO won. JCO won that he year. He won that season, yeah. Okay. And it had been on before, but it was on a different network or something. It was on ET at first. They had a late segment. Yeah. And then it, and it, I guess it rose to its prominence in last season on VH1. Right. You know, all in that Biocon family, so they switched okay. networks. Uh, but. That's what made it scary because I put it on the vision board and then like two weeks later found like an audition for it and went for the audition. They're like, oh, you've advanced the next round. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then just kind of rolled from there. Wow. Who else was on that? It was you, JCO. Fly Guy. Fly Guy. Um, Incredible Boy. Oh, yeah. Incredible Boy. Uh, so funny. I'm friends with some of these people now and I forgot they were even on it in a way. Yeah. Cause we, cause we've all gone on to do just some really cool and different. Chris Carnes is on there, like Chris Carnes. You're yeah, right. You know, he's like sick with it, you know. Oh, I mean, he's <laughs> one of the best Boxy. scratchers in the world, and he tours with Pretty Lights, and he produces and plays drums. And JCO has become his own artist in a way, you know. In keeps evolving. You know, he just came out with an album. I'm gonna have him back on the podcast. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> and. Um, uh, yeah, Incredible Boy tours with artists and mm-hmm. it's just super dope. And um, and so it's, it's, it, I think it served as a great platform to really get a level of, of not so much notoriety, but just presence or yeah. awareness of being right. in the space. And to your point, although I thought, I, you know, I was like, damn, I got I was like the third person put off the boat. Right. You know, for my my base, my friends, my family and the extensions of friends and family it was a big deal. It was like, yeah. wow, you just quit your job a year and a half ago. Now you're on TV DJing. Like it, I think it was just the, a great springboard into all the things that were, that, that right. came next, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that, that's amazing. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of things have happened in between. I mean, I mentioned before we started that I listened to you talking on some other podcasts, things were maybe four or five years ago. And before the, what we could even fathom would be a pandemic that would stop our whole lives. You know, so many things that we never could have predicted. And you were speaking on, you know, your career and what had come so far and that you were doing, you know, private events for amazing, successful, noble, you know, celebrity people. And, um, and that, that was going to lead you to DJ at music festivals. And that's how you saw yourself. And that's how you wanted to bring the dancing element, the energy, what you had created with the block party, all those things to that stage. And looking at your Instagram, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I seen, I'm seeing you doing that this year. Right. I mean, like you said, you're going to, uh, revolt TV this weekend, but let's speak on what happened in the late spring, early summer Coachella. Mm -hmm. I saw you playing to like a crazy crowd doing like a dope set, having all your energy, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I guess in a way it could be the, the, you know, you could think you mentioned the journey of master of the mix to Coachella. And, and even I I think, Prior to then, like I, I just had such a disdain for the advice that my dad was trying to get me to understand. Like we were talking earlier, like yeah. words don't teach like experiences do. Right. And although I, I yeah, what did you say? Uh, what was your saying that you said? Well, words don't teach like experiences do. Or was that what it was? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So exactly, like I and, think that's important. And I realized that I needed the experience of these corporate internships and subsequent jobs after college, yes. and not starting. DJing until four years after I had graduated because it gave the 
it set me up in a way to think differently as a DJ. Yeah. Um, I approach opportunities differently as a DJ. I think I've been blessed with a level of business acumen that has created some pockets of success. For sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had that had I not had my dad like being on my back about right. doing this first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm so I'm ultimately grateful for it because it allows me to run this not as a not only as a creative but also. No, this is this is it's a bit yeah it's a, it's a business. business yeah <laughs> I'm a, and you like, have to like, yeah. like Jay Z said I'm a businessman you know <laughs> it's the truth you know we have to look at it like that more and more you know and that's the the, 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 the small things the contracts yeah. that come up and you see in perpetuity and you're like yeah no uh uh-uh, uh yeah know? or just being able to be an advocate for your worth you know I've, I've yeah I've, I've been in the ears of so many of my counterparts all the time saying you are the talent but you're the draw you can host your own events and you can you know benefit financially in a way that you don't have to burn yourself out every week in every club trying to make ends meet if if you're able to tweak it this way or you know like those things i i just get really right. excited about i just want all the talent to be able to uh take this on to a place where we can live health in a healthy way and, yeah. and retire from it you know right and can you expand on that a little bit? Like, so when you say, oh, you don't have to burn yourself out if you tweak it a little bit, like, what do you mean? Throwing your own parties or? Yeah, throwing your own parties, you know, especially if you have a draw and, and you've put the work and time within your craft. Right. You know, if you take the time to go and develop a relationship or int- simply introduce yourself to the yeah. venue itself and understand the back end of what a contract looks like and, and signing the bar deals and bar agreements. I, I, I've just seen over the years, a lot of talent will opt out of that for the sake of working with the promoter, you know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with promoters. We need promoters for years, but it's similar to how, um, a lot of artists have uh, decided to be independent and they don't necessarily use the same infrastructure of the record labels anymore. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a direct path that many of us can take that would lead to greater success in terms of more lucrative paydays for the events that we play. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. And a lot of people get like, oh, I just want to be in that cool club or mm-hmm. or just the ease of working with the promoter or the sure. venue or something. And I, th- and I think there's still a time and place for that. Hey, you're going to Vegas and you're flying right. in from somewhere. You're probably not going to be the promoter, but yeah. in your own hometown yeah. and home market, you can leverage the fact that people know you. Right. And they're going to come out because of your name as a means to. Yeah. You know, but I have been know. noticing um, parties starting to get their own residencies in Vegas. It's like a new trend, you know, more than each. So I've seen like Emo Night, you know, has a residency at Resorts World. I saw like Do Over is doing stuff. Um, uh, Donovan's Yard, you know, mm-hmm. a few of them are starting to be brought out there. And then they were doing that. Before, with like some of the parties that would happen in Ibiza, I think these like EDM ones that fit in better in Vegas, but now they're starting to experiment, I think, with other ones. So, you know, who knows? Like you said, like that could be, you never know the partnerships you could make and where it could take you and and the difference in money and stuff. Do you work with uh, a manager or booking agent or anything on that business side or do you handle it? My manager, Lulit Solomon, you know, for sure. She has definitely, she's been an advocate. Yeah. In a way that she's able to just like what an advocate does is going yeah. to fight for you in a way that as the talent, some people don't don't necessarily have a listening to. Right. And it even circling back to the conversion from B. Hen to Brian Henry. Yeah. It was so important for me to operate as my full self, my mm-hmm. full government name. You right. Know, the truncated, mm-hmm. you know, this the nickname, cool name. Yeah. Something I acquired in college. There were two Brian's hanging around. They got tired of figuring out which Brian. So they <laughs> called him by his last name, and they started calling me B. Hen. So okay. I started DJing. Like, oh, naturally, it, it felt natural to roll into that. Right, right. But you'd be surprised how many times I would show up to 
a gig with a corporate client and they expected me to be dense or expected me to just go hush and play the music. You know, oh, yeah. when we, we, we speak and we have, you know, conversation about whatever the topic was at the moment, you see them draw back with a level of surprise. Like, Oh, you're not just a DJ. Yeah. And, or when, when I would get asked that, like, Oh, you just DJ. Yeah. Some, one of the most offensive things, you know, do you just <laughs> right. show up here every day, you know, but it, it shows you the perception <laughs> that people have of DJs yeah. and we're so much more, we come to the table. We're, we're not a monolithic being, you know, we're robust individuals yes. and we, we come to the table to provide more than music music is obviously our, our core function, but I don't think people understand just what it even takes yeah. to be a musician and right. the level of intelligence that you have to have, you know, the emotional intelligence, which yes. has to be just as valued as logic and reason, you know, it's so true. And so it was, a good point. it was important for me to progress beyond the DJ title and just to operate as my full self, Brian, yeah. Henry, you know, yeah, that's that's cool. And so you just keep the behen for the behen block party because that's yeah. Your, I mean, who wants to thing? come to Brian Henry's block party? <laughs> <laughs> behen, yeah, that sounds like we're gonna have some fun. You know, <laughs> who the hell wants to come to Brian Henry's block party? Nobody wants to come uh, to that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but but I've seen you as Brian Henry at a lot of events, and and you definitely bring the the fire. You know, the energy, the the music, the dancing. I think I think you've really evolved as a DJ music and I haven't been to that many of your things, you know, I'm just speaking from a outside, you know, but just seeing how, you know, you've evolved musically too, like the things that you're really bringing to the table and how you were really trying to play things that other people weren't playing and, Absolutely. you know, and being on, you know, in touch with the Afrobeats movement and in touch with your connection to Africa and all that stuff. Well, before it was way exactly. You know, I, I saw you talking about a lot of that stuff before a lot of people were kind of doing it. You know, so you know, particularly in LA, I think on, yes, on, in the East Coast, there's always been an appreciation for music yeah. from the continent and in the Caribbean. But right. in LA, you know, when I started, it was like play top forty, and top forty was code for play music that feels more appropriate to white audiences. You know, yes. and so to tell a black DJ that, you know, people don't understand like. What and I love all music, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily have a color to it. Right. But it was always important for me to show up as myself and to integrate like I'm from Baltimore. Like I like Baltimore Club, you know, long yeah. live DJ, you know, K Swift. And it, it's it's important to just integrate elements of your roots into it. Yes. You know, but one of the things that uh one of my mentors, one of the first guys I ever told that I want to be a DJ, DJ uh Mr. Wilson, my brother Casey, he introduced me to this concept called just very simple. The full body massage. You know? Okay. I'm like, what, what the hell is that supposed to mean? And he <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> he encouraged me to play in a way that when audiences were able to experience you, that you gave them a full body massage. That means to not play simply in one pocket. If you were to go to a masseuse and they just did this to your shoulder <laughs> the entire time, you'd be right. like, what the hell? What about the rest of my body? <laughs> That's what, for me, this was like when I go to a club and I'm only hearing trap. I'm only here in EDM, you know, right. so my goal is to play music that speaks to every part of your body. So your, your left hip might be some soca, your right hip might be some, you know, a blend with Garth Brooks and some trap or, you know, it's really <laughs> right. to leverage music from every corner and every pocket, particularly across the diaspora to encourage people to dance. And it drives a sense of nostalgia. If I'm playing something from 
New Orleans and there's somebody who's in the South from the South in the audience and play some New Orleans bounce that drives like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. How do you know about this? Or like, how did you remix this new insert artist song with, with a, tr- a trigger man beat that I yeah. wouldn't expect to necessarily hear in this moment? Right. Like I just enjoy playing in a way that, uh, makes every part of your body move. Or yeah. That it feels satisfied by the time we're, <clears throat> okay, I like more. that. Yeah, I, I didn't understand at first when you said it. I'm like picturing a lot of different things. But I mean, <laughs> but now I have a good vision of what it is, you know. Yeah. And honestly, that's that's the that's the, you know, open format DJing or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, Absolutely. but just DJing as a whole, music loving DJing, you know, whatever, that's what it is, you For know. Sure. And the other kind is cool too, and if everyone mm-hmm. just wants to go to a trance show and mm-hmm. that's what they love and that's massaging their full body, I guess at that moment cuz that's what they've chosen, you know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like getting the Korean spa massager, you know, a specialty <laughs> one if you need that specialty acupuncture. Absolutely. But the full body massage really is what I feel like, yeah, our kind of DJ Absolutely. does, you know, that's and why, that's why I love festivals like Coachella, you know, because yes. it gives you oh, exactly. everything, you know, right. Like, and I, I really love that. Yeah. To, to explain Coachella to people is virtually impossible because there's a magical feeling in the air. Just when you're there in this crazy desert place, that's been there for who knows how long there's something going on, you know, like in the air around you, just that. And then to have just the way they set it up, no matter what, like, to have all this music that's so amazing and be able to walk from a DJ doing something amazing to like a band that you love that you've only heard two of their songs but you get to experience them live and you just walk around and you're with your friends and you see people you know and, or that you don't know and it's, you meet new people and right. it's just that energy it's, it's not until I attended Coachella 2014 for the first time okay. I fully understood what they meant when they say music is that universal language because yeah. literally I don't know who you are we may <laughs> otherwise walk on the street and not speak to one another yeah but you just look over, you lock eyes, or you're you're just you bump yes. and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, this is the jam, though, isn't it?" Like yeah. that. That That's the I best. love that. Right. You know what I mean? I love that so much. And it, and it for me circles back to what I was saying earlier. Like across the board, people just want love and respect, and music serves as that tool that's stronger than any other force on this planet. Yeah. To to give exactly that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's that's so true. So what was your Coachella set like? How was that experience? <laughs> <laughs> you, you made it. I mean, you 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 thought about it, right? I so. think it was a, it's a testament to how things manifest in an inconspicuous way. Yeah. And that you can't direct your life. You can have all the goals you want, the intentions, and I believe they all will manifest, but you can't pinpoint when, where, or the how. You just have to have a steadfast, steadfast amount of faith that it's going to happen in due time. Yes. And so my friends know that I was I was like obsessed with Coachella and I would wear these Coachella bands every single year. You know, you get the band on yeah. your wrist. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't cut it off. No way. Really? I kept the band on my arm 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, never cutting it off. So I have every year. And so I'm washing these Coachella bands <laughs> just as if they were my skin. Oh my Somebody's God. Somebody's making fun of me. Like, why the hell are you wearing this? They don't stink. Like, how do you, you know, I'm like, no, like I, I wash it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so for me, that was, uh, an omen to myself is just saying, I'm going to wear these bands until I get invited to perform at Coachella. That is crazy. I love your vision on things, man. Like it's so it's all unnecessarily deep. No, it, yeah, but I mean, You're like, yeah, but no. no, but I think it's it's focused. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you really focus, and you're not being like 
distracted too much by other things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're paying attention to them. It, it's what meditation is in a way, right? Sure. You're focusing on one thing. You're allowing that to like relax everything around you. The other things are allowed to come. You just kind of ask them to just chill out while you focus on that one thing or those two things or whatever sure. it is, right? So and that's like almost how you live in your life. And yeah, I, I, I love to think so, but in in me being imperfect with this particular yeah. desire, yeah, I was getting impatient. Right, I'm like I ain't got but so much risk. You're like, <laughs> like this shit is about is, to be on my bicep. Yeah, I'm like, when is this gonna happen? And I was getting frustrated and frustrated. And one of my buddies. I think, you know, it was in it was in twenty nineteen after Coachella. Yeah. He was just like, although it's light on your arm, you're too attached. Literally, it's attached to your body. The yeah. weight of this on your arm is going to increase the weight and time that you, before you ever play at this festival. So once you release it and detach from it and really trust that it's gonna come, it'll come. Yeah. And he told me that he just happened to be on a retreat in Bali. So he was all zinned out himself. He, we were FaceTime audio and I said, you know what? You're right. And I cut it off. Right. Literally. Then we go through the pandemic. So we don't have Coachella 2020, yeah. 2021, but there, uh, a gentleman by the name of juice, we got connected through the powers that be. Yeah. And the first block party, like literally the governor said, on like June 14th or 15th, 2021, that we could have events again. We had a block party three days later, right? That weekend, you know, wow. and we expected it to come. So we were already planning for it. But yeah. It was like the energy surrounding was crazy, you know? Yeah. And uh, he did our visuals for all of the, you know, everything on the screen. He, and it was, he was so sick with it. It was right. incredible. Juice did it. Juice. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, circling back to now Coachella's coming up and, I call him just like, hey, you were incredible last year. Would love to work with you again. In fact, can you go on the road with us? We're taking it on the road. Yeah. Are you available? He's like, yeah, I do it. I'm down. He said, uh, by the way, you know, uh, what do you got going on during Coachella? And I'm so jaded at this point. I'm like, ah, I'm not even sure if I'm going this year. He's like, really? <laughs> he said, oh, that's crazy. I was thinking about you. I think you rocked this stage, you know, that I've been programming. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, would you want to play at Coachella? I'm like, but no, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. He said, speaking English. Do you want to play at Coachella? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but I'm not understanding your core. Like he said, I've been programming the stage at Coachella for 10 years. Oh. I've seen what you got on, on your performances. I know you would kill it. Oh, yeah. So here I am calling him <laughs> to hire him for a job. And he, I, me not knowing, he has the keys for something I've wanted right. my entire career. And maybe if you would have known, it wouldn't have been good. <laughs> Correct. You know? But it was it was just it, it like I, said, I think it's a testament not only to manifestation and, and keeping your eye on a prize, but just being open and flexible to when and where and how it comes. Yeah, you know, totally. So I'm super grateful for it. Oh, that's incredible. What what stage was it? Uh, what stage is that called? What is the stage? Was it the Heineken one or no no no? It's uh, it, it looked pretty dope. Like the whole design of it. Why am I having a brain fart? Well, it was Coachella. The dome. The dome. <laughs> the dome. The dome okay. Coachella. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, was that that do lab or yeah the uh, dome it's the, it's the dome at Coachella and the, dome, the great okay. thing about it the dome is the introduction stage to the festival you know oh, okay. like Andre Power played it yeah like maybe five six seven years ago and now Andre's on the do lab he's on exactly uh, yeah he's in Sahara tent you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's a it's a great segue and introduction to the the those those super prominent stages at the festival so right. I'm, I'm grateful to now be on the the path if you will. amazing congrats same, same thing like i you know i don't know what year it was but i saw katronada like you know doing, yeah. doing the outside parties yep. and now katronada is like headlining the, yeah. the festival stages and of so of course 
you know what um are do you do any music production stuff you know i am learning the piano yeah I've been learning the oh. piano since november wow and the great. whole goal is to enhance my ear yeah but then also to understand key yeah for the sake of you know becoming a better dj performing spending more in key yeah but then also just just marrying all of this you know although i've been obviously doing this for a while yeah i still feel like until you're deeper in music theory, it's kind of like you're dating <laughs> right? versus marrying it. Right. And I feel like marriage is, is the next step of taking it serious. Yeah. We're, we're getting engaged. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and the engagement process right now is me learning okay. the piano so that then it leads into music production. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wonder, do you think that you need music production to, to hit those stages? Or there are people that just kind of do their own parties and are known as curators and amazing DJs and people that bring energy that, that kind of, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it happen both ways. I've seen it, you know, you know, where though they create these amazing experiences and that leverages, uh, you leverage that to get on those stages. But I've also seen people who are in the lab creating music from scratch. Right. And so I hope that my experience becomes a hybrid of both. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you're, you've been making that happen. You know, I think you're unique and, as you keep evolving and developing, you know, what you want to happen, it's, it sounds like that's something that could happen, you know? You. I appreciate it. Um, but I, I got a question for you. If, oh, if God. I may. Yeah, He's sure. Like, oh, God. Okay. No one asked me questions. <laughs> no, like, what do you, what do you, what would you say your unique voice is as a DJ? Like, I've seen the dexterity in which you play and scratch and juggle and, right. And that's not my style, you know what I'm saying? But I yeah. totally respect it. But, like, what would you say is, is your unique path in this space that that is your own voice my my voice i mean you know it's it's like you said it's something that has been an evolving thing i've been doing this for so long i've been through so many sort of iterations and evolutions of who i wanted to be as a dj and what i was going to be and um but over the past probably 15 years or more um it has just been a weird mix of one night I'm doing a Vegas club, you know, the next night I'm doing some Hollywood, you know, movie premiere thing. And then I'm doing a private event and then I'm doing the do over. And I think I just love DJing. I love music. I love new sounds. I love introducing new sounds to people and I love remixing stuff and taking, um, Stuff that people know and that they don't know and and turning it into something that makes sense, you know, and then taking a set and just making a cohesive set where you think you know what's going to happen, but you don't, you know, I'm going to take you on a left turn and we're going to hear every kind of music, but I'm going to give you the full body massage. (laughs) (laughs) Take that (laughs) in a way, Um, you know, just that. I mean, and it just depends where I am. I think I try to be present in whatever gig I'm doing and bring my skill set to the table while also knowing it's not all about me. You know, it's about everybody else and I want them to have a good time and I want to, uh, Yeah, like if I'm going to do an event for an HBO show, like I'm going to research the show and I'm going to play songs that are from the show and adjacent to the show. And then I'm going to watch the crowd, how they're moving and adjust as I go, I think, you know. And um, so, yeah, I don't have a concise answer for that. But I think that kind of thing, you know, just being versatile and just wanting to have fun and bring some DJ skills in the mix, but also keep it 
musical enough where people can have fun and dance and express themselves and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, That's what's up. (laughs) I love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, I know you, you have a lot of, um, things that are important to you that you, um, you know, have initiatives around or, or speak about or, you know, work on. And, um, I know mental health has been something that seems like a big part of your life and you're a big advocate of, and you have, um, what in the wellness Mm -hmm. is something you're part of as well as other things. Uh, can you tell us more about that? I think just, just overall, you know, one thing my mom, uh, rest her soul, uh, encouraged me, you know, throughout childhood is that you're a leader and that if you win, not even if, because she knew, yeah. reach a certain level of prominence or people are aware of you, you need to take that and convert it to making sure you're doing good for someone else because everyone else isn't in in the same boat as you. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so I've, I've found myself doing my best to be advocate an advocate of things that adversely affect the community, particularly my community, African-American community. Um, I led a breast cancer foundation, Beats to Be Breast Cancer, for eight years. And... That was an homage to my mom. We lost yeah. my mom, Tracy, to breast cancer. And she was only, I appreciate it, she was only 35 when she wow. passed, you know. Uh, and so it, it made me very aware of health. Yeah. And particularly as a DJ. You right. Know, we are in the land of sex, drug, and rock and roll. You oh, know? yeah. And I've even had to, you know, temper my uh, sometimes frustration with audiences when they come, when people come up in there you have to realize that people are drunk and high on all types of yeah. things because so many of us are seeking to escape. You right. Know, particularly we're in these major markets. We have all these pressures and, you know, whether it be in our family lives or, you know, our work, our job, our careers, what have you. And that's why it's so important that the time frame that when I am DJing, I do my best to be as sober as possible. I feel like I'm the bus driver. Right. If the bus driver drunk, then we crash. That's, that's and all the a cool, really dope analogy. And, mm-hmm. and that's interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's just because I, th- I think I'm, I think we as DJs, we're emitting a frequency yeah. and we want that frequency to be high vibration. Right. Cause we want to uplift those who we have the blessing to be in our presence with the gift that we've been blessed with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I've taken that from the music and then leverage music as a tool to discuss topics that are adversely affecting our community. You know, so beats to be breast cancer was a play on words naturally. Yeah. Um, and raising funds that we dedicate to the American association for cancer research as a means to drive more, uh, mammograms and research, particularly within communities of color, because breast cancer adversely affects communities, color colors and disproportionately higher rates. Yeah, you know? it does. Yeah. Um, and then converted that energy and partnered with, um, my guy, Aaron Linden, uh, to create what in the wellness and what in the wellness is a quarterly event series that we host discussing mental health within black communities. Right. Um, post pandemic, we just realized that a lot of us just weren't equipped with the tools to mentally and subsequently emotionally, make it through the pandemic. And I think it really showed us the underbelly of the things that we were already dealing with. Yeah. You know, whether it be from a health perspective or just, like I said, just a mental perspective mm-hmm. that we just didn't have the tools with, you know? Yeah. And so the panel is set up in a way that we always have a clinician, uh, you know, a therapist, a psychiatric doctor, in addition to two people who work either in entertainment or in a professional career right. where uh, you, they discuss how therapy 
has helped them overcome some of the greatest challenges in their lives. Yeah. And it serves as an opportunity for those who may otherwise be reluctant to therapy to actually like embrace it. You know, yeah. give resources that tell, tell you where you can acquire therapy resources for in terms of getting it covered for free. Mm-hmm. You know, we just do our best to create a safe space by which people are led to their own healing. Right. That sounds amazing. I mean, and and I've seen some clips from it, and it looks like fun and funny and informative. And I'm like, say, yeah, it got got a little heavy, for it, but it also well, is, I mean, all it of it. Is that's funny. what I say. It seems <laughs> it like is, a mix of everything from the that. most emotional, deep things mm-hmm. to funny to like, you know. I yeah. think it's just um, it seems to cover like the gamut of everything. We definitely make it lighter than what I just described. For sure, <laughs> you know, if you remember right. ten, there's a lot of laughter because sometimes the things that causes the most pain when you actually get the chance to talk about it. You're like, this is exactly. kind of silly. Yes. Oh, it's silly enough that I can actually seek help to move beyond it. Right. Yeah. And it's something that maybe other people are dealing with or other people have had these thoughts that I think I'm alone in my room feeling yeah. or something, right? Yeah. And many of us do feel that way. Yeah. You know, um, particularly when you're calling card or you're out in the, in the world and people ask you how you're doing, well, I'm working on. And so is yeah. my value oh my God, yeah. solely in alignment with what I'm working on right. or is it intrinsic just by the fact that I breathe? And right. It's you- like the number, especially in LA, like, how you been? I know you've been killing it. I've seen you out there. You know, it's like, not, that's not, always the initial thing. Yeah. And you're like, there's nothing ever like personal or yeah. about like just life or anything. Not knowing the thing you've been working on, you feel like sometimes like it's killing you. Yes. You know, like, and so it's important. <laughs> that's interesting. You're killing it or it's killing you. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fine line. Right. You know, and so we just, we just, want uh those who with whom we have access to to seek resources so that we can just be our healthiest selves yeah and i've and i've learned that if you have a listening to me and you feel safe with me on my on the dance floor then ideally you'll feel safe in these environments as well right yeah that's huge i mean so important i think what you're doing and um thank you and uh the oh the thing you said also that we sort of glazed over a little bit i mean uh, it was interesting you know if the bus driver is drunk like you're in charge of all the kids because i think djing djs are known as oh someone who gets drunk or get parties or whatever it is it's we're there to make a party so why wouldn't we be part of the party and a lot of the people got into it for that reason so it doesn't seem wrong but um even as i go on this podcast interviewing all different types of djs and meeting all these like djs that dj sports events you know and they're there like 9 a.m like they've never been part of the party zone you know they're in that and everyone has different aspects and i think um I think a lot of DJs nowadays, I mean, just the world is realizing that you don't need alcohol. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. You can do whatever you want. I could care less. You know, um, I want you to be healthy and happy. That's all I wish for you. But, but I think that a lot of DJs felt so the need to drink or whatever, do whatever to be in touch with everyone. And once they finally got away from that, they realized how clear they were and how much fun they were having. And so many DJs have been coming on with these sobriety talks, which it sounds cliche, but it's true, you know? And I think like you said, you want to feel everything, be able to transmit everything, be able to deal with anything that happens, you know, like (laughs) you don't want to be like, you know, like, like you said, people want you to get drunk, but you're like, yo, I'm good. You have fun. And, and I find myself turning down like anywhere between seven or eight, 
drinks or shots yeah. any given night. Me too, or pretending know. or something. You, you, yeah, you know. <laughs> if they keep pushing it, I'm like, I can't give them to go away. I'll put it up to my lips and but, be like, okay, I'm out. But when you're truly in it, the high comes from the music. The it really does. The high comes from the reciprocity of energy that you're getting from yeah. the audience. And so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's no judgment again for anyone who drinks. I've yeah. Drink, I've, I've drank, but I've, I had to ask myself, well, what's my intention? I had to really, like, unpeel it. In those sets where I was drunk, why were you drunk? It was like, oh, I was frustrated. Well, what were you frustrated by? Well, the booth speaker wasn't working. I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> yeah. If that's the reason you got drunk tonight, Brian, you need to, you know, you need, yeah. or, 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 or I missed the transition and I was being hard on myself or just right. some whatever cockamamie reason, yeah. you know, they could, or I didn't get enough sleep last night because I was on this flight or that flight. And I think that if I have some of this mezcal, then I'm going to be more in the zone. It's like, no, you just need more sleep. Right. You know? So right. I, I, when I, when I got to the root of why I would get slizzard or twisted at these events, <laughs> yeah. it felt the need to be like, yeah, you need to use that bus driver analogy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. That's cool. And I'm sure that plays into the mental health stuff a bit because sure. obviously a lot of people I know have gone down dark holes with that stuff, you know, and not been able to get out, you know, and, and in the pandemic, especially, you know, super so. DJs drinking on Twitch or, you know, at 9 a.m. I'm like, yo, are you okay? Like, it's it's a tough thing. Um, sure. Wow. So, you know, we discussed um, where you're going this weekend, uh, which sounds <laughs> incredible. Um, can you tell us more about that? Like, what is it? So you're going to be part of the everyday people party um, there? I'm actually playing two sets there. Okay. Um, so I'm what playing, are you doing? Yeah, I'm tell us everything. On, on Saturday on a stage called The Block. Okay. And on Sunday, uh, I think I'm doing the second to last set at Everyday People. Okay, you know? dope. And that's uh, DJ Moma's party, right? It's Moma's party. Shout out to Moma, Sinclair, Maine, Trinita, like uh, Sada. They have an incredible squad with Everyday People that they've taken this amazing event, just like John Legend. We're just ordinary people <laughs> and have True. taken it. Across the country, across the world, across like, the world, right? I, you know, I've played with them in a few different destinations, and and it's I love just how people come together and just have an amazing time. Yeah, you know? and so uh, the team of Revolt has brought in the Everyday People Squad, and I'm a you know extended family member. Yeah, <laughs> and I get to rock That's so that dope. party on Sunday, um, and I think I'm playing right before Uncle Waffles. It's gonna be incredible! It's wow, gonna, it's gonna be crazy. Wow. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. And it's cool to see like what we discussed in the beginning with now that a lot I mean everyday people is a mixture of all kinds of music. For I sure. know there's a lot of like African music that gets played there, mm-hmm. but I but I think a lot of the African music that's coming out is it's not just one tempo. It's not just it's almost like not it's not one genre, you know. Absolutely and it not. is a lot of in, <clears throat> involves a lot of the DJ dancing. Mm-hmm. Um some of them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like a huge part of it. It's, so I think I mean, to have you, it's, it's you're a, in the right place, right? Yeah, you feel? It's, it's been a movement for quite some time. Yeah. And I think, again, as I mentioned earlier, just you're not sure when, where, or how. Just stick to what works yeah. for you and you will find your community. You'll find your tribe. Right. It sounds cliche, but it's it's true. Yeah. You know, and so the, like I said, the things that people would make fun of me. About yeah. you know 10, now look, ten years ago it's like now you're on an airplane to go do it at one of the biggest things you know you know you can do and the cool thing about this week and you feel good it, inside yourself about it because I'm being know? authentic you know? exactly uh, the cool thing is it celebrates ten years of revolt as a network wow you know? so it's a, it's a huge celebration with performances from juvenile and um, uh, 
uh, Don Tolliver and yeah. Saucy Santana and Mr. Easy and a, a host of uh, Metro Boomin. Like it's a host of artists throughout the entire weekend. In addition to all of their podcast series that are going to be on display as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be big business down yeah. in Atlanta this weekend. Oh yeah. And what? Then, probably drink champs and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. And, definitely Nori and the drink champs. And for me, it's like a homecoming because I graduated Morehouse in Atlanta. So I'm oh, circling. Yeah. It's so you're gonna have so many friends, new, old. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. Yeah, that's so dope. It feels really like a homecoming kind of thing for you, you know, and and a uh, right place, you know, and it's all just coming together, you know. Sure. And in a way, it's like you've been doing this so long and not long at all, right. you know. And that's it's just the beginning. That's what's crazy to me. I, I, I now a DJ for 13 years. Yeah, and I still feel like there's so much more room to grow and yeah. so much more so many more unique experiences right. and different things. Oh, it's nonstop. I mean, like I've been DJing probably since 1996 or something. you know, wow. I've been, I've been on the road, let's say like, like doing what the nonstop DJing thing since like 2005, 2006, okay. like every week, you know, just doing either in town or traveling. And uh, that's, I don't know how long that is long time, but, <laughs> uh, but, Every week, almost like you said, I have some sort of new experience that I could come home and tell my family about, or my friends, or look in my, you know, introspective, like looking myself and be like, "Wow, that was crazy! I can't believe I get to do this." And it's always just going. Like when you ask me that question, it's like I'm. It's constantly evolving, and you're constantly learning, and that's why I'm so thankful that we get to do this as you know, hard as it is, and as not solid as it is. Like it's. You have to be ready for that part of it, but as long as you can tap into the gratefulness for what you're going through, then I don't know. It it, it takes off that edge, I guess. Uh, now that you're a dad, yeah, great ten year old, you know, like what? How do you like? What's the schedule? Yo, because I, feel like I don't I, even know anymore. I mean, I, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, so I can only I yeah. empathize with like how do you? Well, I think it's just like anything else, you know, you. It's just like anything else in DJing. I mean, that anything's possible. There's no rules. You can, everyone's going to say, oh, well, when I had a kid, I had to stop doing it and I had to get up at 7 a.m. So I couldn't do anything anymore. It's like, well, no, you just make it work somehow. Like, I, cause I definitely thought, like, oh, God, when my kid gets to like this age, like 10, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to be like, dad's going out to DJ till two 30 in the morning. Like, is that going to be weird? Is it, I don't know. Like, is there negative things? And I had so many thoughts and now I'm here and it's just kind of, this is our life. I mean, he just knows it. He's like, what are you doing? When are you coming home? Who'd you see last night? And Oh, you're wow. DJing for Saweetie. You know, like he's, so here's her on the radio or <laughs> whatever. Like he's, you know, like, Oh, you saw Travis Scott. Like, Oh, I like his new album. And, and so he knows the artist and yeah, he, and dad is extra cool because you are performing. Alongside Somewhat. I mean, I don't know if a dad can ever be extra cool to the kid. Maybe, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but yes, it's, so their schedules, I'm still trying to work on. I mean, I had last night, I'm in bed with my wife talking about the schedule. You know, I'm like, okay, uh, I don't have that many travel gigs for the next few weeks, and I don't have that many nightclub gigs, so I'm going to be able to be here in all the mornings. But, you know, I mean, look, thank thank God and the universe and everything in the, on the earth for my wife, you know, I because say, I, imagine it I could not do it without her. Yeah. If I was all alone, everything would be different, you know, definitely a lot. I mean, and, and thank God, you know, for our family and babysitters and anyone that helps us. Um, but you just make it work, you know, um, the right. schedule's crazy. And, and as he's getting older, I'm learning that kids do need, you know, try to be 
chill about things, but I'm trying to get more into a schedule zone to help him and his mental state as well, because I want him to feel secure and feel like things are going to be okay, you know, um, within everything he's doing, but also give him the freedom to see that anything is possible in life. And somehow I've created this life and I'm supporting them and it's all working out and we get to go, we got to go to Europe this summer and I DJed all over France and then he played soccer all over Portugal, you know, and it was like, I was crazy to be like, I get to do this. Like he's living his dream and I'm living my dream and my dream's paying for his dream. And then <laughs> his might pay for mine later. No, I don't know. But, no, I mean, but I'm go. joking about that. But you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. That was crazy to see, you know, and it was, I felt like in a way it was showing him anything's possible. You know, it's also hard because like I was telling you this week, he's like, why do I have to do science and social studies and highlight things? And it's stupid. I I know I want to be a pro soccer player and I don't need to do this. And I'm like, there's reasons why, you know, and I'm trying to explain to him like that. You And he's like, well, how come in college you're allowed to choose what you want to study, but I'm not allowed to choose now. And I said, because now you have to go through and learn to a certain level of education. I wish I'd asked that question as a kid. That's a very, that's a great question. He had a lot of questions that were killing me because they were so smart and good. And I was like, you're completely right, but I can't tell you that. <laughs> that's awesome. Because, you know, you, he has to do school. You know, you have mm-hmm. to get to a point where there's just a basic education, sure. you know, and then you get to decide what you want to study or not, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you, and you don't know what's going to happen in your life. You don't know if your legs are going to fall off. You can't mm-hmm. be a pro soccer player. You don't know w- what adversity you're going to face or what things are going to happen. So we want to set you up as good as possible, you know, and then you can make your own decisions. And right now I'm giving you the light version of making your own decisions. And then uh, I will constantly go farther and farther away and respect you and respect your, your decisions and opinions and support you no matter what. But it's uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, he's teaching me about myself, about him, about relationships and about growing. And next time we ask that question, tell him, cause son, we want you to have an analytical and creative <laughs> mind and, yeah, access to all these subjects. Make sure you're just well versed. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's going to solve for him. <laughs> that's very dad. Like, what are you saying though? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's good to get like glimpses of you know parenthood from you and Mick and Hopper, like yeah. and D Nice and you know the DJs who I see you know and I admire and in terms of how you all have been able to em- embrace it. Yeah, and kudos, you know, because you know I do desire that at a certain juncture yeah. of life, but I. I have even trouble with dating. I'm like, <laughs> I get it. My, my brother's like, who wants to date you? You're never home. <laughs> I'm like, somebody's. I mean, that's what I told me. my wife the <laughs> night we met. <laughs> I was like, no, we we hung out, and then after a couple weeks, I was like, trust me. I'm like, nobody wants to date me. I was like, you can't, I you can't be with someone like me. Like, I'm never home. It would not be fun for you. You know, oh, you told her that. Oh yeah, oh, I was wow. like, I'm not the guy for anybody. I'm like, I'm just a nomad. I'm I'm always around. I can barely have friends. I have friends, but like, I can't even see them. You know. So she stuck with me for a, for a minute, a couple months, and then she was like, all right, fine. Then I'm out. And I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then that made me realize, like, wait a second, I. I there is something special. I think I was trying to push her away, but I should just open up to it. And then, boom, we got engaged and we're married. It was like oh, <laughs> the God. second I opened up to it. A DJ love story. <laughs> <laughs> we met New Year's Eve in San Francisco <laughs> at a gig. And, uh, yeah, it was funny because I just DJed that spot. I did this party, Electric Feels, all like indie dance, like mm-hmm. blog house stuff. And they played it at, um, it was at 
Regency Ballroom in San Francisco, and that's nice. where I had done the the New like, Year's Eve like party. You feel like the MGMT song? Yeah, so it's yeah. named after that. Right. And like when you play that song, they go crazy. It's like the theme song. And everything is based on that music, I guess. Right. I still play things that fit that were new. You know, I'll play like The weekend or songs that maybe could fit in that sound. Um, and you mix in the blog house stuff and like a little bit of everything. But it's fun. I mean, these people are like... They seem like the kind of people that would go to Coachella and sing every word and love the band. So as a DJ, you get to like be the band, you know, and play to them. And it'll be, you know, sold out a thousand people and these venues. And I did. um, So they did it at Regency Ballroom. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stop my set and tell them the story of me and my wife in this spot and tell them, like, look around. You never know. know, know, It was my little thing at that. You know, they were all like going crazy, like loving it. Somebody Um, surely met. Yes, met for the first you know, time. That you night. never, you never know. You never know. But yeah, it, it's hard. Look, everything's challenging. And um, but yeah, thank God for her and and him. You know, I mean, he he also was chose me as a parent. I feel you know, and and came to me, and I'm so lucky to be his dad, and and I get to learn so much and adjust as I go, and you know, as much as I have to pretend like I know everything to him, like. I don't, you know, <laughs> and that's what I realized about my dad, you know, later is like, you're like, oh, he was just making all that all shit up, up, you know, <laughs> right. Oh, right on the spot. You know I mean? <laughs> totally. There's, even though all the handbooks there are. Yeah. Just because I said so, you know, it's like that oh. kind of thing. <laughs> but but yeah, it's there's no real schedule. You know, we're, we're figuring it out. But I think just trying to be present. You know, a lot of people are like, I can't believe you made it here to the soccer game or why are you here? You're probably so tired. And I'm like, to me, I maybe I'm wrong, but. I just want him to see my face, you know, when he's happy or sad or whatever's happening, you know, at the soccer game, after school, whatever it is. I just want to be there. And there's a lot of times I can't be there, but when I can, I want to show up and be there and be present. So maybe we don't have a schedule, but we can have a relationship, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That's a word. That's a bar right there. Yeah. We don't have a schedule, but we have a relationship. Right? It's like there's no... Yeah, I mean, I think no, you could be so caught up in the schedule, you're getting mad at them for nothing. Oh, you're not on the schedule. It's like, mm-hmm. as long as we're there for each other, you know, and, and it's like you said, you can manifest the things and you can want the things for, for yourself and for other people, but you can't plan how they're going to come. And that's what's happening with him and, and and as it's going. And definitely did not think, you know, 10 years ago when he had a kid, we'd be flying to Portugal for him to play in a soccer tournament against kids around the world. And he'd want to move to Spain and, you know, play soccer. I'm like, what is going on? But like, I'm very not athletic too. So it's like, you're definitely given the opposite of what (laughs) you know, some of the time, you know, I'm like, don't you want a DJ? I got everything in this room. You know, he's like, I'm a sports guy. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I I support you. And and that's more than anything else. I'm sure that's what that's what love feels like. Just like, yeah, it may not be for me, but I respect that it's for you. Oh my God. The amount of football NFL that I study to now be able to just have a conversation with him. Like uh, I've never watched a football game in my life. And like now I have like multiple fantasy football leagues. I'm constantly tracking like who's injured and like what's happening. Cause like, I just want to be able to talk to him about it. I know he loves it. And it's part of his life. So that's um, beautiful, man. You know, it's just like, no, that's, it's, that's, I'm buying tickets. I'd never been to a football game. And like we were at the Rams 49ers this Sunday. We're going to every game. You know, I'm going to soccer games, baseball, football, basketball. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, we're spending a lot of money on that stuff, you know. So, and that's not something I ever grew up with at all. It was like my parents were like into 
you know, actors and my dad was like on Broadway for a while and a writer. And, you know, that was like, we were such an artistic, you know, like family. And they were like, you should go do what you want and hippie ish, you know? And so it's so different, you know, to have that, but it's still cool. Cause I see the through line is like the yeah. love and respect, like hundred percent, you know what I mean? He could quit soccer and I would be fine. I'll support him and what he wants. And that's what I try to do with the games. I think it is a blessing that I don't know that much about sports. Cause I'm not yelling like run up the middle. <laughs> Why'd you go off sides? Like, I don't even know what's happening. So uh, I'm just like, I got your water. Like, let's cool you down. Like yeah, you're not that dad is getting angry. Cause he didn't make a certain play. It's like, no, like when we're on the road, I'm just finding the best place to eat. Like, that's my goal. <laughs> it's like, yo, I've read all the Yelp reviews in this weird town. We have to play soccer. And, and I found the best breakfast burrito we could ever find, or like you know something like that. You know, That's dope. Listen, I'll man. tap into my specialty. I'm making playlists. You know, find out what he likes. I find other music that sounds like it and that could pump him up, or you know, and and the other parents tell me that he's the person making the playlist of the friends. You know, even though he tells me he's not the DJ, I think he has the ear. You know, he can even hear when something's sped up or it's off pitch or something. You know, and I tell him, I go, not a lot of people could hear that. You know, and he's like, "That's a remix." They sped it up. They did that. Oh wow! So he, 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 I think he can hear it, you know. Yeah. And you know, he's ten. Like I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't want to DJ till I was probably seventeen, eighteen. You know. So a, a lot of people come on. You're like, oh, I've been DJing since I was ten. I'm like, I had no idea. But his was, proximity to you, you yeah, know, and your 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 gene pool, <laughs> yeah, is is in there. And he gets to come. He's come to my gigs. I was opening for Blink One Eighty Two, and he's on stage dancing with me. Or I just did the. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like uh, event for the movie and and he got to come with me and they had me play all nineties hip hop and he's like I'm playing DOS effects and stuff he's like what is this what is this you know so it was cool to see see him hear things you know and and all that I, I could you, talk forever about I my told son, you you're sorry. the cool dad I don't know why. embrace it you're the cool dad when I try when that juncture hits in my life I'm hitting you up like hey I need some tips yeah because I love how you said like you know that can be such a concern about taking that next step. Yeah, in a relationship or in this subsequent with kids is like yeah. the schedule. But I love how you said like we don't have a schedule, but we have a relationship. Yeah, I never thought about that until we said it. But I think that's that was my unthought out goal is just to make sure I'm there. You know, because there was time that Blink tour I left for three and a half months. I never came home. You know, I saw him for one day in Iowa because they flew there and met me there for the one day I was able to get away, you know, and there's times where I'll be gone for weeks and weeks. Um, but it's just become a normal thing in our life. And we just try to make the best of the moments that we are together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, and I listen, I, I know he, I know he loves you. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my dad had it because of military had to be in Korea for an entire year and it's wow. before FaceTime and Skype and all those other things. Yeah, exactly. But at the core, I knew he was making those decisions to, support us and, and right. you know be there even and not being there physically so yeah kudos dad it's good to hear because sometimes i'm like oh i feel bad i missed that thing or you know whatever but like i said thank god my wife's always showing up and uh you know she's the soccer manager person <laughs> he'll thank her first in the so speech that's why he loves ted lasso <laughs> yeah well that's why he wanted to watch it too he was like let me watch ted lasso gotcha. definitely a lot of soccer soccer for life um so uh so a few other, I mean, we've been talking for a minute, you know, I don't know if you have to get out of here, but, um, we could get into a few more things if you got time. Oh. Yeah, we got time. Um, so some other things, uh, you know, we could get into is almost just like the technical side of DJing. Like, I know that you, you've gone through a lot of iterations, you as a DJ and the types of music you play and you do a lot of different kinds of events. Um, so 
I want to talk about like music organization and also like new technology that's been helping us grow as DJs. For example, Serato Stems. Sure. Is that something you're using Absolutely. a lot? Absolutely. Yeah, me I'm too. Look, Love it. I'm looking at DJs crazy when they don't use Stem. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? You know, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? And I'm a my preference is is in you know CDJs. Pioneer S9, now Pioneer S11. Right, me too. uh, The Rev 7, I think they come up with a Rev 5, I think, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I think I'm even going to take S9 off my rider because I love the functionality of the S11 where you can separate the left and right channels and, you know, keep have your hot cues on one side or your roll on one side and then actually access the the stems on the other side. You know, it is – Oh, you know what? I haven't really used the S9 with stems that much because I've only been doing the S11, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. So it just makes stems on both. When you do it with the S9, no matter it what, makes it on both. Oh, that, you know that, that yeah, okay. And it's funny because I was playing with a, another DJ uh, on Saturday, and the way he had his stem set up was different from mine. Like, I used, I think the roll effect and I think he may have used the sample effect. So I had to switch it in. I was like, yeah, I need my, I need an S11 moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I feel like stems were made just for me. <laughs> I think they were. That's what they told me in the meeting. You know, <laughs> like seriously, because my mind has always been there. Like right. before DJing in, in high school, I would like use cool edit pro. Yeah. I think now is Adobe audition. And I would yeah. like, make these mix 50 track mixtapes and like pulling this and pulling that and like trying to make my own DIY acapellas and right. pulling the drums and the synths and all those things. And now for it to be a for it to be its first edition of it, it's really good. Like, really good. I think a lot of us thought it was gonna be trash, but like it's really definitely. Good. And even when like, it they is took their time with it for sure. Yeah, and some other DJs even you know I'll send them some things and they're like, oh, I could hear you made it with stems, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I'm telling you, like maybe I'm wrong, but when I play it loud in a club, it doesn't matter for, for the sure. most part. You know, the frequencies like work with each other, like because mm-hmm. uh, I'll use. I'll do a lot of ideas. Either I'll do it live or I'll do a lot of ideas in Serato. Mm -hmm. And then I'll drag them into Serato Studio and I'll export the stems that I want, then drag those into Ableton, which eventually I want to do it all internal Serato Studio, but I don't know how. So help me out, guys. The Serato people, I'm supposed to get a lesson from Cut Corners and stuff. But for now... The way I feel comfortable is I export, let's say, the instrumentals or the acapellas or the drum track or the bass line, whatever I want to use, and I pull that into Ableton and then make like a mashup or edit or blend or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. um, and then put that. And then, you know, some of my critical DJ friends uh, that have been around for a while be like, I can hear that you made the acapella. But I'm like, no, it sounds good. I play it like everyone will be dancing and, and ask so, me what it is. so happy you, you said that because it, it – it, Brought me back to a thought that I learned, you know, years ago during yeah. those master mix days. I had to progress in a way that to accept that I don't DJ for other DJs. Yeah, it's so true. I DJ for those who are on this dance floor. Yes, and of course, every DJ is an expert on yeah. every aspect of music. You yeah, know? and sound it's gonna, quality, and sound quality, yeah. and it's going to be it's going to be critical. And sometimes we can be such traditionalists that we miss the opportunity to create a new experience for our audiences. Yeah. And so once I kind of got that in my system, you know, it's not like you go out of your way to put a bad editor remix out there, but it's more so just focusing on what's going to create value for the audience. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, we may have heard a little something left over from the acapella, but the audience right. knows no otherwise. And they are like living their best life. Yes. You know? 
Totally. Yeah, I love it. Like I've been, I made two things last night, you know, and then I was just like, because <laughs> I'm just in my Serato, like making. I'm like, oh, it sounds so good together, and I'm like, okay, export this, that, and then this part could use the drums, so I'll just take the drums. Or mm-hmm. I like that factor too. That like, like I took the Mona Lisa drums, you know, the Afrobeat song, just the drum I part. Meant, I thought you meant Slick Rick. Mona no, Lisa. no, that would be dope too, though, <laughs> to take just those drums and just put those under, you know, like the Dua Lipa, Elton John, you know, but kept the bass line and just changed the whole vibe of the song because the way the bass line was going over the straight beat was like, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. But then over the Afrobeats drums, it was so much funkier because it was like, doo-doo, doo-doo, and it just sounded like a different bounce sure. and left that in, left the singing in, but then took the other stuff out. And you can just like do these weird combos. Um, which, which to me is like a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> like Right? So it, it literally, I feel like it's, it's, it's changing the game of DJ. Songs we used that we've been playing forever that we're sick of, we could bring back. Or and for music production, we had DJ Khalil come on here, and he was like, "It's he." He said infinite breaks because he's like any song I listen to, I could take the drums. I have infinite breaks now, and I've songs I used to that I've sampled before. I could retake parts of them or just take the bass line out, and I mean it's crazy. So I'm excited about it. Like same thing, I still feel like I'm still scratching the surface of it. Yeah, I'm live stemming it up. And yeah, to your saying, recording at home and bringing it in and seeing testing it right. out. Right, it's just it just it's for me. It's bringing a whole new level of fun. Yeah, because like I said, I love yeah. presenting music in a way that you you know but you don't know. Right, you want it but you didn't know how much you needed it. Yes, yeah, you know, and that I think it's. Yeah, it's just it's, yeah. yeah, and just like I, I even use it like I do a spot every week, and they won't upgrade. I mean, they are like, "This is the equipment we got," you know, and it's two CDJ two thousands and a nine hundred Nexus two, which is mm-hmm. obviously really good quality and it's good. But we're used to all these new buttons and things, and and so I'm starting to think I should bring a little external thing to control the stems. And someone actually it just explained to me that I could MIDI map the nine hundred if I want. Good. To the stem, so I can decide that, like, if I don't use one and three, one and four, and I just DJ on two and three, I can make any parts of those turn stem like on and off or turn anything on and off. You just have to do it right before, and then it'll save it. So I could make the filter knob on four, maybe take the drums out of the right side of my turntables and make the filter knob take the, or you know, oh, make so an yeah. instrumental to the left or acapella to the right. Or there's different ideas. So I was going to experiment with that. You just put me on game because I can MIDI map. You can MIDI map any of it. So it may might need to YouTube it because I think I will. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a button that says MIDI. It lights up. Then when you're on the 900, you you twist, like you do something or you use like, let's say you're going to do the Q button on four and that will make it an instrumental or not, or like acapella or not. So then you push that and then you push the button in Serato and then it like links up somehow and then you can save it in the end. So then any 900 you go to, you just load it up like the same way you had that problem where the other person was using it. Mm-hmm. You can like, there's a screen in there where you just push load, like that's Brian that's- Henry's MIDI Map That's great or, to know because the more I travel, you know. Yeah, you never you know what you, you have to go on, and want you want to be able to rock it, and you want to be able to still use it. So I've been, I haven't done that level of it, but I've been using the 900 every week, and I just do, you know, the trackpad. It's a little annoying, but I just know, okay, this song's dope when I take the drums out of the second part and I bring in different drums, and so then I'll just use that drum echo with my finger. It's not as nice, but I want, yeah, I want to do it all on me on too. The mixer. Me yeah. too. So now, but, now you give me some homework. Yeah, I know. Me too, <laughs> actually. Sure. I'm I'm at this spot Saturday, so I need to try to remember. <laughs> 
remember to do it. I was supposed to DJ there Thursday, and then they were like, it's Metro Boomin's birthday party. Uh, we don't need you. I was like, all right, thanks. I thought I was doing it at first. I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> but I figured he would have his own DJ or something. <laughs> I'm not. Just tell him that. You need to still give me access to the party. <laughs> yeah, let me be there. I'm going to sneak in the back. I, I think it's probably going to be pretty good. And then it sounds like he'll be off to uh, D.C. Atlanta. with you. Or, I mean, Atlanta. Sorry. Yeah. Um, dope. And um, and then something else you did, I think you mentioned, was about when music drops, like mm. Tuesdays versus Fridays versus other days. Or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> What's your feeling on that? I hate it. <laughs> you hate, hate that it drops Friday. I hate that music now drops at 9 p.m. Thursday Sydney, night. Yeah, Thursday midnight Friday. It is annoying. Like at least do it in the morning so I can get ready. Like the amount of times that I'm sitting there at 9:05 on a Thursday night when I have a gig at 11, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Yo, this sounds dope. It's the new Travis. Oh, which one would I play? You right, know, like right. that's." Like, I wish I had it earlier, having the Tuesday at least ready for the weekend yeah, because, gig. Because on, because on Tuesday, I think it gave us still that early in the week feeling of like, yes. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to work. But on my commute, I got the new XYZ album and yeah. I can listen to that album and you get to learn it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So by the time Friday hits at you're the party, along to it. You're, everyone knows it. Right. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you, because the, the, you know, it, I know. The, the word of mouth marking alone, right. pre social media, if it's, if it's great, people are going to be playing. What is the Friday? Like who you know? decided that? I'm like, when the hell did that happen? You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think it, it does a disservice to audiences. I think it yeah. does a disservice to sales or streams. I right. think it does a disservice to DJs when it comes down to integrating that new music into your set. Because like you said, you're at 9.05 on Thursday, but you probably got a gig on Thursday. You definitely got something on Friday and Saturday. Right. And working to integrate new music into that in that short time frame, it becomes a bit of a, a loss. Right. Uh, and then I think, unfortunately, the, the great amount of time that musicians put into putting out a new project gets lost in the shuffle of the weekend. Cause the yeah. weekend I have not only as a DJ, but just anyone out in the world, you have so many other obligations during the weekend. Right. Whereas, like I said, if you were just listening to new music on your commute to work or to yeah. school, you have some type of focus period on, on what's new. No. I think, I think that, I think, I mean, a, I really feel like at this point that. they could just do new music every day, True. you know, led like then you just could almost decipher it better, you know, because, it's so hard to go through. I try to go through New Music Friday, just the playlist alone, and I never get to the end. There's no possibility, you know? And then that's not even all the other playlists that I like that people curate, let alone, and then going on a beat source and a DJ City, and then all the websites, and then all the edits the DJs are making, and then and your friends sending you. all the time, like, how do you keep up with New Music? And I was like, at a certain point, I had to tell them, I don't. Yeah. I keep, I have to really hone in my interests. Yeah. And, you know, then when I go out and, uh, kick it with my other buddies who, who are playing. If they play a song, I'm like, man, what's that? You know? Right. But it's really about just, I have to really just hone it in. Yeah. The things I like have to be the things that become the set. And I think there'll just be more opportunity. You know, we're all digging. We're always, right. always digging. But I just, music industry professionals, <laughs> labels who are listening to this, please bring yeah. music back to Tuesdays. <laughs> I think right. it will help everyone. 
Or at least, like, add in a Tuesday. Like, why does it have to? I think at this point, like you said, it's a fear-based thing where, like, they're scared to change it. They're like, it's working, and the numbers are going up. We're making more money, and everyone knows New Music Friday is almost the flagship of all music being released. But, like, why? Is that just because Spotify decided that? Or I'm, I'm what? wondering, like, where did it originate? When right, did it me shift? Too. It just shifted at a certain point. I was like, what the? There must be a historical reason why Tuesday was something and why Friday became something. Uh, I'm gonna go, I got to go on TikTok. Yeah. And- yeah, there's TikTok is there's the, definitely someone is explaining is, is that the in modern day uh, encyclopedia. encyclopedia. <laughs> it's so true. Now it's just all about asking people if they think about the Roman Empire. But <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> have crazy. you heard that? Uh, I haven't heard that. One. There's like something where they have they have women going and asking men how often they think of the Roman Empire. And every guy, for some reason, is like, oh, a couple times a week, like no matter what. And then every woman freaks out. This is like the TikTok trend, you know, the basis of it. Wow. But it's really a it's very viral thing right now. All the out. brands, you know, because I know it's like HBO, all these brands are tweeting about Roman Empire. I'm like, why are they saying this? And then I was like, it has to be a trend on TikTok. And it mm-hmm. totally was. So, yeah, I, it's hard for me to go on TikTok. I have to force myself in a way. You know, I'm, I, my brother keeps me hip on all the things. I yeah. sound like an old man when I say that. But <laughs> my brother sent me TikToks of new music and trends and different stuff yeah. all the time. That's so good. I'm super grateful it's for good that. good to have a TikTok <laughs> Uh, connoisseur curator TikTok in your family. yeah TikTok family. You know, I probably have two TikToks out in the right. universe somewhere. But like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm a consumer. Yeah. Um, are there any other like things that are really important to you that you want to discuss? You know, on here or bring light to? You or know, I think um, I'm just so excited to see more people lean into being themselves. Yeah, I pray that we are leaving an era where everyone feels like they need to fit in. And it feels like we are in certain ways. I definitely believe we are, you know what I mean? And I hope that people are able to just see themselves in themselves. Yeah. And understand that everybody else is already taken. Yes. So being yourself is the winning formula. So and true. no matter how quirky or nerdy or flawed or magnificent or otherwise that you think you are, there everyone has a space to be loved. And yeah. I think it starts with us loving ourselves and loving those things that make us unique. Yeah. And in doing so, we just, are, we, sh- we shine, Yeah, you know, and it's not just as DJs or creators, but like, you know, if you, if you love animals and you want to be the best veterinarian, yeah. you know, even as, as, as someone who shines light, my goal is to shine light in a way that, uh, serves as inspiration for you to shine yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever, in whatever field or whatever unique way that looks like for you, that brings you joy. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I love, you know? And I yeah. just, I just, I think we're just at an era where we're starting to see more of that. Me and, too. Um, I'm excited. Me too. I think that's a, a good movement to champion. And like, yeah, it was, you know, especially coming up even as a DJ and in that you felt like you had to like be part, you had to be liked by other people. And like you said, you don't play for DJs now. Like we all did. And of course I want to impress my peers. And of course you want to add to the culture, the DJ yeah. culture, but, but I know what you're saying. You know, you don't need to change yourself, you know? Sure. And I think the being yourself part is really important and people should feel that, that, and you're uh, freedom. happier. Like I, I yeah. similar to like Rashida was saying with you a few episodes ago, like I, f- I was told you got to play this sound and yeah. you got to do this and you got to do that. And unlike her, I actually went, I listened and I was like, Oh, I have to do this. And yeah. I was doing it, but I'm just like, 
you're not happy right. <laughs> playing this music. You yeah. know, like it, it, you gotta, you gotta let that go. Right. And the more I let go of, of what other people advise that I should do to find success in my career. Yeah. It naturally, it right. naturally came, you know, that's huge. I mean, that's honestly a good thing to end on, but there was a couple of things I want to ask you about. I didn't okay. get to hit, Ooh. which were just, I saw you went to the, um, com- the Kamala Harris fiftieth uh, yeah. anniversary of hip hop party at her house was yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. What was up with that? That looked amazing. <laughs> I got a I got a call from the recording academy, and I was being considered to DJ it. And uh, they then called back a week later, like, "Oh, we you know we went in a different direction, but right. would you like to still attend?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> and I, I like, and I had had that happen before. Um, I was blessed to. Uh, I got a call I, at this point. I'm trying to figure out where it was, but I think this is like my third or fourth time with uh, the first family, the Obamas. Okay. I wanted to ask and, you about that too. Yeah. And I got a call at the uh, top of 2021 saying, Hey, we already got quest love. We already got yeah. D nice to DJ, but would you be willing to be, you know, the voice of God or would like, would you, be, Oh wow. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm behind the scenes and I'm going to yeah. be, you know, introducing people. And then that upgraded to, no, now you're the host for President Barack Obama's 60th birthday. I mean, and I'm come like, on. What? <laughs> and then the night I get there, they say, well, we switched some things around. Quest is going to DJ first and welcome people to the party. D-Nice is going to start us off at the after party. And then can you can you play the closer set? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Let's go. And so, you know, being Amazing. grateful to being those spaces before, you know, when you get when you get what a call, it doesn't show up always again the way you want it to. Yeah. But I said, of course, sure, I, I would love to be there. Right. And so, it's the first time any administration has acknowledged hip hop. Yeah. Alone to have this hip hop house party God. on the front lawn of the vice president's home. You have performances from MC Light, Slick Rick, D Nice, um, uh, geez, <laughs> Jeezy, Little Wayne, Common. You know what I mean? Like mind blowing. Uh, DC Go Go bands. Like it oh was just God. incredible. That's you know? dope. DC Go Go bands too. You know, to be it, involved in such a in a DC. You know. Yeah, it was just such an incredible experience wow. and such a, a coveted space to be in. And I was excited. Like you got uh, Vice President Kamala Harris up there talking about her bootleg Two Short tapes back when she was in college, <laughs> and then Two Short performs. I'm like. Blow That's whistle. something I never pictured. Too short at a government event. Say the guy said, "I'm like you have made it." <laughs> like, yeah, like oh my know? god! But it, it, it was just incredible to acknowledge the contributions of what people thought was trash and what people thought then was just a subculture. And this isn't going anywhere. To yeah. hip hop defines culture. And one of the things she said that hip hop is American culture. Beyond the music, it just talks about the ingenuity and creativity of the American people yes you know and 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 pushing beyond your struggles and using and leveraging your struggles for what subsequently become your triumphs you know and so to hear speaking that way of this art form was just incredible and that is amazing on stage wow doing it like that's crazy so motivational and just amazing you know once in a lifetime it was beautiful amazing and and um also, another thing I just have seen you post about a lot that you got to go to the Beyonce show. Uh, yeah, what was that in Dubai? Yes, I went. Uh, to- <laughs> that looked like what? Incredible. Like you were on another planet. Honestly, we were. We were. <laughs> 
Um, what the hell? Like, I know you did that, and then you went to some of her shows in Europe, and then mm-hmm. the show here, right? Yeah. So what? It's funny because I have some friends like you are. Be you are the. The, you're the king of the beehive. I'm like, yeah, actually, you're like I'm the not. Grateful Dead. Uh, following the no, show. but I, I love the she. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> I think I think that she's one of the the last of the greatest performers of our time. Right. You know what I mean? I think she straddles the fence between the 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 Michael Jacksons of the world and yeah. the, and all the way up to meeting it in 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 its current stage of 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 leveraging social media to get your 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 craft out there. Like the the time and energy that she puts into this art form and yeah. how she's been able to go from, you know, this star in a group everybody hating her to now you like you hate all you want to but you have no choice but no. to agree that she puts in more work than anyone else and that she's so redeveloped this model over and over and over again in a way yeah. that you have no choice but to respect yeah and so to see her dubai show then to see her first show of the renaissance tour in stockholm and then to see the birthday show it's like yo like that's a good grouping of the shows yeah for sure <laughs> for sure it's, she's just incredible that's amazing yeah Oh my God! All right. Any other things we should touch on here, or uh, um, think we can wrap it up? I mean, yeah. you've said so many incredible things, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. I think you're, you, you know, I'm lucky to be around you uh, and and I'm, hear what you're saying. It's my pleasure. You know, for real, like you, you, uh, you're a special person. I think you bring a lot to the table, and like, you know, you have a lot to to add into everything. You know, musically and spiritually, and your Thank your you. brain, and as you are as a human, so. Thank you for everything you do, and thanks for spreading, you know, spreading it on here on the podcast to everyone it's listening. My, it's my pleasure, my man. Thank you yeah, so much for having me. For sure. Oh, and where can everyone find you if they want to look you up? Uh, all on the socials at it's i t s Brian B R I A N Henry. Okay, on, on all of the social channels. And if you see the B Hen block party, then you go there. That's a, that's the B Hen leftover. That's, that's, <laughs> absolutely, go there as well. Okay, dope. All right, thank you so much for coming on the show and. Uh, Hopefully I get to come to an event soon. Have fun in in, uh, Atlanta. Absolutely. Okay. Always welcome. Thank you, man. Peace. All right. That was an amazing episode. I got a lot out of it. Had so much fun sitting with Brian Henry, a.k.a. Behan. Um, thank you to him for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening. The Beat Sorcerers, you know you can find this show anywhere. You know you can watch it on YouTube. You know you can listen on Apple or Spotify or anywhere and spread the word. We want to keep doing this, so uh, help us keep it going. The podcast, the 20 podcast, this podcast is called the 20 podcast, and it's brought to you by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider, signing off. Peace. And that was the 20 with DJ Spider.